Let's just keep pressing in, guys. Let's just pray in the Spirit. Just keep your eyes locked on Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence, God. As we've, as we've prayed for the peace of Jerusalem, Lord, we also, tonight, God, we just pray for the shalom of heaven, the peace of God to fall on every one of your sons and daughters in this room tonight. Lord, we just release your peace now, the total well-being of your sons and daughters, that your kingdom would come now, Lord, that your kingdom would come. Holy Spirit, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the fire of your Holy Spirit, Jesus. We just say tonight, Lord, come rest on us. Rest on us, Lord. feeling tonight that um, that the Lord would unfold this evening um, how it is already and that there would be just room tonight to pray for one another so I just really feel like the Lord wants to impart grace and strength grace and strength into each one of us tonight so obviously you're here I always feel weird when I say if you're here well that's kind of weird you're here and if you need an impartation of grace and strength, even if you've got babies with you, I'm just going to invite you guys, anyone just to come stand right up here. We're not going to go a long time with this, but we just want to lay hands 
on one another and impart grace and strength to each other. If you need healing in your body, if you, you don't have to specifically say what you need prayer for, if you freedom, if you need something, a stronghold in the mind or in your life broken, then we can just agree for that to happen. If you need just the, the peace of God, if you need the freedom of heaven to come and bring the answer to your need, we will just agree and say yes and amen because all of the promises of God in Jesus are yes and amen in Christ. He's paid it all. Jesus' blood paid it all. And if you don't feel like, so no one's coming up to the front here, um, I don't want to miss the opportunity. So if you just feel like you need people to come over and surround you, just pop a hand up. Okay. Okay, so I got a hand over here. Papa's going to take baby, so you can. I guess that means you're free to come up. If I could get the ladies, including Nora, would you come and uh, just, just come and lay hands on Adriana? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> if you want the microphone, just put your hand up. says, I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place. Carefully, skillfully, you shaped me from nothing to something. You saw who you created me to be before I became me. Before I had ever seen the light of day, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Every single moment you are thinking of me. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Oh God, your desires toward me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. 
And when I awake each morning, you're still with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that your thoughts toward us outnumber the grains of sand on the sea. That means you're constantly thinking about us. Thank you, Lord. Before one day that we've lived and experienced has come to pass, you have written every page, every day that we will live in your book. Thank you, Lord. God, I just declare over everyone in this room right now that you will live to fulfill every day that God has ordained for you to live. Every day, every page, every year, every month, every hour, he has foreordained and we come against any attack, any plan of the enemy that would try to shorten the plan of God over your life. And we say, thank you, Father, for your protection. Thank you, Lord, that you sustain and you carry us to the very end from grace to grace to grace, from faith to faith to faith, from glory to glory to glory. Thank you, Jesus. We declare your faithfulness tonight, Lord. In this room, God, I speak your faithfulness, faithful and true. Jesus. Some of us in the room, I feel like you just need to turn your ear, the ears of your spirit, your heart, towards the voice of God tonight, towards the voice of the Father. Since his thoughts towards you and towards me outnumber the grains of sand on the shore, just ask him, Father, what do you think about me? What do you think about me, Lord? Jesus. If you're not receiving prayer, which half the room, that's, that's us, let's just direct our prayer towards what the ladies are doing here. Let's just agree with God's will, his heart, the movement of his spirit, the wisdom of God that comes through spiritual perception to release the declarations, the prayers that bring freedom. Thank you, Lord. We just agree tonight, God. We release your spirit, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Jesus. Ah, this is good. You guys feel, is everyone feeling good? I know we don't, we, we live by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight, not by our feelings. But you know, when the Lord's presence comes and when he's just blessing us, it just, you know, the, the, like I started out with, taste and see that the Lord is good. You can taste the presence of the Lord with your senses. You can hear his goodness. You can feel his goodness. You can think his goodness. However he wants to speak to your senses. You can even, some people have the, the gift given to them from God on a random occasion to smell the goodness of God. Like the fragrance of Christ, the fragrance of heaven will flow through a room. Some people will smell it. I heard when, uh, I think it was when Heidi Simple McPherson passed away in the hospital. I mean, sorry, Heidi. Not Heidi. Heidi Baker is going to live to fulfill all the days ordained for her. Um, but when Amy Simple McPherson passed away, I believe it was her, they said that the, the scent of roses filled every floor. Was it Catherine Coleman? Okay, so Catherine, both of them are powerful women of God. But when Catherine Coleman went on to be with the Lord, the fragrance of roses filled that whole floor and then the whole hospital. Wow. Just say wow. So we're going to get to communion. This is the night I'm enjoying tonight because, I don't know, I just I love these nights where we can just flow spontaneously and time is going smooth right now. It's still early, um, but we don't want to push it because we have little children in the room and we, we want to make sure that they, they can handle this. So, uh, yeah. So we're going to take communion in a bit here, but I just I want to just speak for a moment. And then I, I want to play a really encouraging 10-minute video clip that I set up tonight. Uh, the video clip is from, Tammy's like, what? You didn't tell me. I don't tell her anything that we're doing unless, unless you know, she's going to preach or something. She hasn't told me that yet, so. Anyway, I put her on the spot, so. Um, you know, I, I started out by saying three of our core values, so I didn't say all three, but of three of our core values, the number one core value of this church, and I'm just going to say for myself, for, for me, for myself, 30 whatever years ago when I gave my life to Jesus, the presence of God became so real to me. And as I've walked with the Lord, I've, I've encountered over the years, I'm just going to say, you and I have, we have permission. I believe it's the will of God that you and I encounter the presence of the Lord daily. Encounters don't have to be, whoa, knocked out on the floor, caught up into the third heaven, hearing angel voices and then getting up off the floor four hours later, feeling like it was a minute, you know. That would be awesome. I'm, I'm all for that if that happens. You know, the Holy Spirit can sweep me up, take me in a trance, just like Peter on the rooftop and getting caught up in a sheet full of weird animals and, God can tell me to get up and kill and eat them, you know. That's what happened to Peter. That was the Holy Spirit. So I'm sure when he told people, they're like, I don't know, that's pretty subjective. Are you sure that's biblical? I mean, he's telling you to go to the heathen, to the Gentiles now. So anyway, I've had encounters, but I, I, I want to just encourage you guys. The Lord wants to make himself so real to you and to me that every day, Every moment of the day, when you just take a pause 
and, and stand still, that you could, you could be still and know, you could know that he is Lord and that his presence is real. You can actually wait on the Lord and wait to sense his presence resting upon you. So out of the three top core values, the presence of the Lord is our top core value of it as a church because that's our personal core value. Like we are a people of his presence. We want to we want to know him. We want to move with him. We want to hear his voice. And as we try our best, we want to say what we hear the Father say. We want to do what we see the Father doing because that's what Jesus did. And that's, he's our, he's our king. He's our savior, our Lord, and our example. He said, the word of God says, as he was in the world, so are you. So other than being God, you know, you are. Just, just want to clear this up real quick. You're not God. Okay. But you have God living in you. You are his possession. You are a new creation in Christ. See, this is how this goes. We start to preach in the, and just get in the flow of the river. So normally people like it. Come on in, Liberty. Make yourself at home, man. Um, yeah. Where was I going with that? Yeah. He's living inside of you. Like, I, I, that's what I was, I was saying. You know, you're not God, but you have the Spirit of God living in you. And when Holy Spirit came to join himself with your once dead towards God spirit, like you were dead to God, right? At one point, you were dead towards Jesus Christ. You're like a walking, living dead, a zombie. Okay, but, but Jesus, but Jesus... Yeah, you think you chose to give your life to God, but he actually chose you. Jesus said, nobody can come to me unless the Father draws them. So as the Holy Spirit was moving on behalf of the Father, wooing you to come to Jesus, drawing you to, to, to look upon the cross, to look upon the one who you discovered took the weight and the, the debt of your sin and the sins of the whole world upon himself on that cross, and then to, to hear the voice of God beckoning you to come. Come and receive the forgiveness of your sins. Come and receive the washing and rebirth. The washing of rebirth in the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit could come and live and dwell inside of you and me. Causing you and me to become born again. Causing you and me to become a new creation in Christ. That is who you are. You are a new creature. The day you said yes to Jesus, Ephesians 1 says you were sealed. Having believed in him, having believed in Jesus, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. He is the seal. He was given to you as a deposit. And now we're not talking about like a little nickel deposit on a bottle of Coke that you kids are like, what are you talking about? We used to redeem glass bottles to get five cents, 10 cents out of them. Jesus redeemed you and me, and he gave you a deposit of the Holy Spirit. And the deposit you have received has, has caused you to become a new creature in Christ, born again. You have become a son or a daughter of God. Born again. John 1, 12 says, children not born of natural descent or of a parent's choice, but born of the Spirit. Born of the Spirit. 
you have become a royal son of God. All who believed in him, he's, it says he gave them the right, the royal authority, right, exousia, John 1, 12. Those who believed in him, he gave them the right. That word in the Greek is the exousia, the regal authority to become the children of God. So you have authority. You have the Spirit of God living in you. You are a temple. I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. You have, as Jesus said, rivers of living water flowing out of you. You are positioned between heaven and earth. You are seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. And you and I get the privilege to pray all of our prayers, to war all of our warfare from heaven towards earth. We're not down here on earth praying towards heaven to come and please God bring the breakthrough. No, we are in heaven with Christ, seated with him, positioned with him, and we get to pray into the earth, your kingdom come, your will be done here on the earth just as it is in heaven. Now, we get kind of lost in that whole up here, down here thing. I don't think it's that far off. In fact, Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is where? It's at hand right here. You can touch it. You can touch his presence. See the gears turning. So, the top three uh, values, kingdom values, is the, the presence of Jesus, the presence of the Lord. We are a people of his presence. And then um, the church seeing one another as family because in Christ we are brothers and sisters. We are the family of God. And we have been brought into a relationship with God the Father. Jesus brought us to the Father that we could know the Father, that we could be one with him and the Father just as he and the Father were one. It's preach all on its own. And then as family, that we would learn how to flow in this thing, what we call the culture of honor. Basically, that means we learn how to see one another the way God sees you and me. Like uh, 2 Corinthians 5 says, you know, we no longer um, see one another according to the flesh. It was funny, Bill prayed that, you know, not the person next to you, the person on the other side of them. Um, of course, you know, Cara, that meant me and Oscar. So Oscar, I guess she was thinking, you know, we're going to ignore your flaws. Anyway, I'm, I'm joking, but... Um, yeah, Paul wrote to the Corinthians and he said, you know, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Therefore, we no longer see one another according to the flesh. We don't want to recognize one another according to our, our weaknesses, but we want to learn how to see each other the way God sees us. And he's the one who sees us prophetically. He sees us as, the, as though we are, even though we're not yet there. And he speaks our destiny. He speaks our identity over us. Like he says to you, you're a holy man of God. You're a holy woman of God. You, Mr. Liberty, you are a man of freedom. That's what God speaks over you. Now, you might hear the word of the Lord as God sees you speaking over to you. You're thinking, well, but, but I'm not there yet. That's not me. But what he says about you is what he's calling you to step into. So, so there's that, but I want to back up to the presence. A people of his presence. For me, um, this uh, last week, uh, part of my our um, Bethel Leaders Network thing, 
my um, continuing education. This, uh, this isn't the month for it, but I'm just in it anyway, out of choice. Um, it's, it's the theme of valuing his presence, recognizing his presence. And I knew that I wasn't going to preach tonight. That was not a preach, by the way. Just ask them. But I, I, I want to give you guys, I want to share the gems that I get a feast on. I know, you know, we all feast on different things. You know, we find YouTube videos and yeah, we have this little church secret signal group where we'll send each other videos and things, but we haven't really done that in a while. I think we all burn each other out on it. We're like, eh, nobody really wants to get a one hour long video. You really got to watch this one hour and 15 minute long video. Just, just do it. Trust me. And you're like, okay, yeah, not. That's why I play everything on my phone while I'm working on one and a half speed. That doesn't mean I'm listening to everything everyone sends. So with that said, because I'm the pastor, I get to, I get to make you all listen. <laughs> no, trust me, this is going to be an 11-minute video worth listening to. It's from Wendy Backland. Steve and Wendy Backland are a couple of our favorites. We have Steve's book back there called Declarations. They are senior leaders at Bethel Church, yet they, they travel around with their own um, ministry called Igniting Hope. And they are hope dealers. Like, they are hope dealers. They, they know how to, like, ignite people into believing and renewing their minds and renewing our minds with the truth of what God is saying and the, the power of making declarations. That's kind of Steve's um, angle of it. And then Wendy, on her end, she is all about encounter and shifting atmospheres and discerning the spiritual atmosphere, angelic presence, Holy Spirit, what is he doing? And learning how to not come under things that the, the enemy is doing, but learn how to discern what God is doing. So if you guys are ready, we're going to go ahead and do this little 11-minute video. Then we'll just step into a time of communion, and we'll call it a, a good awesome evening and fellowship for however long you want to stick around. Ethan's like, hope not long because I'm hungry. So you guys ready? No. <laughs> okay, here we go. Wendy Backland. Hi, thanks for joining us again. I'm Wendy Backland. You met me a few weeks ago when I taught with my husband, Steve Backland, and I'm excited about today's lesson it's on focused on his presence um, that's pretty powerful because it's his presence that makes all the difference that's what people need an encounter with Jesus we need an encounter with Jesus and one of the things I've discovered is that it's not just a theology to be focused on his presence it's actually we need to train ourselves to be aware of the unseen realm, of his presence with us, in us, and that we are more spirit than flesh. You know, because we only can connect with God's spirit to spirit. So the times that we're the most connected are the times when we're most aware of our own spirit connecting to his spirit. And a lot of times we just get caught up in the brain and the body and we're unaware of the unseen realm and that's when we kind of lose track of, you know, the power, the source of everything. You know, Colossians 3.2 says, set your mind on things above. And we actually need to train our brain to be aware of some things we've never 
um, been aware of before. I heard a really interesting story. I read a secular book, and it was about a brain scientist who at the age of 35 had a stroke. The name of the book is My Stroke of Insight. And in her book, she describes having a stroke and she completely lost the use of the side of your brain that you need to be a brain scientist. And her mom took her home and decided that she would do the rehabilitation. And in the course of rehabilitating her daughter, the mom discovered that her daughter was only seeing one dimensionally. So everything looked like a photograph. And in her book, she said that her sense of dimension was so impaired that she didn't know where she began and ended. And that's pretty serious dimension impairment. So her mom begins to talk to her about dimension, how you can tell some things are further away and some things are closer. And she said, as soon as my brain understood the concept of dimension, I began to see three-dimensionally. When I read that, <clears throat> I realized, you know, I think I've been reading the Bible all wrong. What if the Bible is really just trying to train our brain to understand the concept of another dimension and that if we can get our brain to understand the concept of the dimension of the kingdom, the dimension of God's presence and the spirit realm, then perhaps we would be more aware of it. We would, our brain would be picking up on the angelic, on God's presence when he wasn't there. And so I, I'm really big on, I'm trying to train my brain to understand God's presence is real. It's an actual substance that, you know, I remember also having a, an experience where Jesus, after I had read the story where Jesus died, and the disciples were in the locked room, and Jesus just appears in the locked room. And later that day, I heard Jesus say, Wendy, do you know how I got into the locked room? And I'm like, well, you were dead, so you were ghost-like, so you didn't have any substance, so you could walk through walls. And he said, no, I'm more real than the wall. The creation cannot have more substance than the creator. So... God is spirit. Spirit created this realm. So spirit is what actually has the most influence over this realm. And so what that did was it helped me to realize that God is real, real. I mean, he has substance. He has more substance than this or my physical body. And so just becoming aware of his reality was so huge in training my brain to understand and practice his presence you know, it's going to be hard to find God's presence in the midst of chaos or in an emergency if you haven't been practicing his presence before the chaos. And he is so big, it's not just practicing one aspect of him, it's practicing who he is. I sometimes will practice the peace of his presence before I need peace because it's really hard to find peace in chaos if you're not very familiar with how to get there. So that's what I like to do. And the focus to me starts in my private time because I'm training myself to be so aware during my private time that when I'm out in the world, I notice when he's missing. <laughs> 
I'm, I know that sounds simple, but it was, it was just revelation for me. So um, Luke 8.10, I'm going to read that scripture. It says that to you it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. So what this is implying is that if you're a Christian, you should be seeing the things of the kingdom. You should be seeing God everywhere you're, you're at. You should be understanding not just the natural realm, but the supernatural realm. It's, you know, funny how we have no problem knowing. We need to know about uh, gravity and how that works so that we don't, you know, just step off a building and die. We have to know um, the consequences of, you know, touching fire, something hot, putting your tongue on a cold, you know, frozen ice cube. We need to know all that. And when we focus on God and his kingdom, then we need to begin to understand how his kingdom works. And in his presence, you know, what are the principles of the kingdom and what draws God to places and to our, our, our lives? So it's very important to make sure that God is our first uh, focus. Um, I get frustrated when I see people go too quickly into ministry. They have a great God encounter and then they try to run out and do ministry without practicing the things of the spirit, without practicing his presence, without experiencing his love. It's one thing to have one experience. It's another to encounter daily his love, his presence, his faithfulness. Um, so there's this focus that we have to put on the more than anything else in my day. It has to be me and Jesus, me and the Father. I have to know him so well that even in the midst of, you know, whatever's going on in my life, I can still be aware of him. I, you know, he's not my last resort you know, oh gosh, you know, I might have to just pray about this now because I've done everything else I know to do. And yes, I've done that, <laughs> like probably most of you. But the point is, is it's not wasted time to be in his presence. When Jesus used to move away from the people and the disciples and he would go up to the mountain to be alone, I really don't think he was up there you know, with a list. Okay, God, I need to know about this. And, you know, what are we going to do tomorrow? I think what he was doing was he was reminding himself who God was and who he was in God. And I, I don't think we have a ministry without that, without being reminded the power of God, the faithfulness of God, the glory of God, and to really see him as a father and not as a theology, but as a real father. You know, I remember asking God, why aren't babies totally depressed? You know, they fail so many times in that first year of life. You know, they're trying to grab things. They can't. They try to talk. They can't. There's all this failure. And God said, um, the reason they're not depressed is because they're so convinced that they can do what their parents do 
that failure doesn't move them. And I believe that we need to have our eye on God so that we can know what we're capable of. If we're not seeing Jesus who, and the Father, how do we know what we're capable of? You know, I'm not raising the dead yet, but I will because my daddy does. I'm so convinced that I can do what my daddy does. And to be convinced, I have to know what he does. What's his character? What does he like to do? I need to know not just about him. I need to know him. You know, I tell people that who have problems with trust, I tell them trust doesn't mean I don't believe you'll never hurt me. Trust means when you hurt me, I'll believe you didn't mean to hurt me. That's what trust is because all the people in your life are probably going to hurt you at some time because there's misunderstandings. They'll have a bad day. They will be angry themselves. They'll take it out on you. And, but the point is, is that trust doesn't come because, oh, I believe nothing's going to go bad. Trust means I know your heart. So when I don't understand, I'm going to be okay because I know you so well. And that's why we need to know God so well. We need to focus on him. He is our life source. We want to believe that people can feel the light of God on us, his presence on us, that we don't even have to say a word, that we're so aware of his presence that they become aware of it too. So he is substantial and practicing his presence practicing his peace so that we recognize when it's not there. So I hope you enjoyed this time and I just release encounters like you've never had before with all of the characteristics of his joy, his peace, his light, his power. And may you be blessed in the coming days. And thanks for joining us. Say, whoa. <laughs> All right. The angels are back in the room now. Now it's David and Kara's turn. <laughs> are we doing the... the are we ad-libbing? Oh. I mean, of course, by the Spirit. Yeah, let's have everybody come up and get, yes, please. Oh, we got it, we got it, we got it. Relax, yeah. Just take, just take the lead. So I have, uh, in my hand, I've got grape juice, and Kara has wine, so you can decide which, which you would prefer. special time we get to be alive in here together because Holy Spirit's just been teaching us so much about holding him in awe and reverence and having the fear of the Lord getting to know him but then also 
knowing his presence, which is equally important. And I think when, I think that might have taken us, taken us all by surprise. It was Wendy, sorry, Wendy Backlund, when she said that Jesus said, I'm more real than the wall. Whoa, you're right. He is more real than the wall. Thank you, Jesus. You're more real than the wall. And you really did love the world so much that you gave your one and only son for us. Before we even knew him, he loved us so much that he sent his only son. And his death and resurrection paid for it all. It covers it all. Every fault, every sin, past, present, and future is paid for. And because of Jesus, we get to go before the throne boldly, not just to Jesus, but we can go directly to the Father. And that's how real he is. We're not just taking, when we're doing this act of communion, we're not just taking a cracker with holes and stripes in it. We're now discerning it as his body, which was broken and pierced for us. We deserve that punishment. We deserve that brokenness. Each one of us deserved to be on that cross. But he loved us so much that he did that for us. Thank you, Jesus. And we thank you, Jesus, that your broken body was not just for for our sins, but it was for our health. You restore us. You heal us. You heal our bodies. You heal our minds. You heal our emotions. You heal our pasts. Thank you, Jesus, for your body. Let's take the body. that cross 
He was the perfect sacrifice. After him, we didn't need any more sacrifices. He was the perfect lamb. Thank you, Jesus, that your blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. You are a king and priest after the order of Melchizedek. You have cleansed us by your blood. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for cleansing us. Thank you for once and for all tearing that veil in two so that we could run back to the Father and be one with him again. And we forgive everyone. We forgive everyone and anyone who has ever hurt us. Because you paid for it all such a high price. Oh, it is easy for us to forgive anyone else. Just take a moment if there's anyone you need to forgive. Thank you, Lord. We forgive those people. We thank you for your blood. We thank you for your mercy and forgiveness. And we thank you that you've made us righteous by your blood in Jesus' name. Let's take the blood. Thank you, Lord. So we'll have Pastor Scott and Tammy come back and bless us all. <laughs> Get blessed. was good. Thank you guys for taking us through that. There's nothing more precious than just remembering, doing that in remembrance. Cross before me, the world behind me. I'll never forget. I will never forget what Jesus did for me. He rescued me out of darkness yeah, we could go around the room and talk about how dark each person's darkness was. I just know for me, mine was pretty dark. But he saved me. He pulled me out of it. And I'll never forget the cross. I'll never forget the price he paid to, to make me clean, to set me free, to give me a new life. Forever, for the rest of my days, I will declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So we just bless you guys. We just thank you, Lord, tonight. We thank you for everything that you, you have been doing in the seen and unseen, Lord. God, I pray that you would bless every person in this room with a deeper awareness of your presence. Yeah, Lord, that you would take us into personal times with you as we make quiet time, time in your word, time in worship, that you would, 
you would teach us, Lord, to encounter you, to learn to discern your presence, to seek your face. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen.